Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back yet again, if you're only with us once a year, to Bracketology. March Madness is here. The Field of 68 has been released. In my opinion, the most exciting time that all of sports has to offer. The most exciting postseason format that sports has to offer. The March Madness Bracket. One of the most exciting time for sports bettors and gamblers and just sports fans in general. I mean... We talked kind of a little bit about just the excitement level of it at the end of our last episode, but I don't think it's really possible to encapsulate just how tuned in everybody is when that that selection show, you know, comes up and ready. Because for the most part, we almost know loosely what everything's going to be, yet we still we don't turn away. We don't pay attention to any background noise. We're locked in and we're just so then then the excitement somehow begins and we get to do what we're about to do, which is try and figure out the madness, try and sift through it and figure out who is going to win, who's who's going to fall early and who will be crowned the college basketball champion of the world. Yeah, this is a wonderful time of year. I feel like. Football takes precedent for a lot of people, and the NBA sort of follows suit after that. Not to say that people don't care about college basketball, but in terms of like excitement level, it's pretty steady throughout the year. And then March, it hits that. It just goes nuclear in terms of how excited people are. And part of it is because it is so, 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 so hard. And by so hard, I mean impossible to do a perfect prediction of everything but on top of that it's just it's exciting because you have these one and done scenarios you have these games and literally anything can happen except Purdue winning a game okay (laughs) of course and now that we know that 16 seeds can win all all bets are off everything is you know up, up for up for discussion up for conversation my my goodness, and I, I I see like you mentioned with how hard it is to get a perfect bracket. I think I mentioned this every every year when we do this, but it it is statistically more possible for you to make two different professional sports as well as be struck by lightning two different times than it is for you to get a perfect bracket. Meaning it is just about impossible. There's a one in nine quintillion percent chance. That being said. We are going to try and do it right here with you guys, for you guys, or at least do well enough that you come back next year and, and listen listen to us rant about this again. So but any, any, any notes you want to you give off before, before we get, get into the field here? Before I begin, can you see yourself on my screen? Can I see? No, you, I just see a gray box. You see a box, though. I see a gray box. How about now? No gray box? No gray box. Perfect. All right. So since I do not have access to my office, I'm recording off one monitor, and that one monitor would be my laptop. So I had Robbie up in the corner. Robbie's going to take a little bit of a backseat as we do this because we got to see the entire bracket. The other thing, I want to go through. This is our third year now. I want to talk about the teams that have screwed us over in the past. Because I have a few. I'm sure you have a few. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be from our last two. I'll name some of those, but just in general. Because 
I know we've been doing this for years outside of this, and we've felt defeated and betrayed by a couple teams. We, we, we have. We've we've been hurt before, and it's it's hard to trust again. But I'm gonna let you know. Sometimes it's good to to regain trust. Sometimes it's bad too. So I think the first two we absolutely have to throw out. No question about it. Are Texas and Baylor. Yeah, Every yeah. single year, we do the wrong damn thing. Every single year. I would also throw Villanova in that category for myself, but they didn't make the field this year, so we don't have to worry about that. But Purdue, or excuse me, not Purdue, um, Baylor and Texas just kill us. And for the life of me, I keep coming back to them. And I'm scared, not Baylor, never Baylor. But I, the, the, those two especially just, I, I, I knew we had, we had to mark those guys as the big God. Why? I think another team for me personally, Michigan state, I don't think I can ever get like pin them correctly. Years where I think they'll do bad, they do good. And then years where I'm like, they're going to the final four. It's like desperation mode and near upsets or upsets. Um, I'm looking through the rest of it. I got I got to just throw the Big Ten out there in general, especially last year. They hurt me bad. They, they, they hurt my soul, and I did not pick high on the Big Ten this year. Let me tell you that. I, I will not be losing because the Big Ten didn't show up. That's for sure. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but the Iowa-Auburn matchup in the Midwest, the only note I have for it is listen to Robbie. <laughs> So we'll go from there. But I think I know where you're leaning with that game. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there because we'll my answer there. has, in fact, swayed. But I am certain in my answer now. OK. Um, I'm looking again. I think. Let's go back to the f- inverse of this, though. Are there any teams in this that have helped you or put this way, not hurt you and have been good, safe picks like for me? You know, years ago when we were in high school, Wisconsin was the one yeah. that I got right and, you know, ended up winning our pool because of it. Yeah, no. So that's so one that used to be a safe bet for me was Iowa State. They have actually since swayed to we don't touch Iowa State. Um, I, I mean, Duke is a hard team to pick against, especially in March. We know they, they don't have Coach K anymore, but they're they're always solid come this time of year. Gonzaga, you can't go wrong with picking Gonzaga. I mean, they're. One of the most consistent teams. They always have, you know, seniors or veteran leaders on the squad. Houston as well. I tend to not take Houston as far as I should most years. I'm not making that mistake, at least not not with not with any kind of Iowa potential second round matchup. So th- those those guys especially um, really really breed consistency, in my opinion. One team that. Eh, it's hard because when they're not here often in March, but when they are, they are here for the whole darn basket. And that is UConn. We know what guys like Kemba Walker and Shabazz Napier have been able to do in the past. This team does not make the tournament field often, but when they're here, they're here to play. That whole portion in the West could go up in flames so fast and UConn could be the team to capitalize from it. I I don't necessarily know if it's guaranteed, 
However, they're they're my keep an eye on because when they're here, they're they're here to go. They're here to win. All right. With all that being said, I think we got to get into it and just rattle off some stuff. Should we should we start with the first four? I was gonna say we. I know on here it doesn't have the first four like they're listed as you know, split, but I think we should talk about them. It's worthwhile, especially with. It used to be, you know, years ago it was just 65, so it'd be one of the six teams plays each other. But now we have some 11 matchups, and you know, in years prior those have had impacts, and teams have slipped. Like I know, I think it was Notre Dame was either last year or two years ago where they got to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Wasn't and, it? Um, oh, back back I think when we were in middle school when the when it was first extending out to the 11 seed play-in game. VCU was in one, and they made it all the way to the Final Four out of that. Yeah. So it, it's extremely important, these matchups. Let's, let's start with those 11-seed matchups, actually. The, the final four, or the, the, the what is it, the, the, the last four? Last, last four, four in, yeah. Last four in, as they put it. Excuse me. Final, final four is a little different. Uh, let, let, let's start with the first matchup. That's Arizona State and Nevada. That would be for the, the winner would play at a six-seed in the West TCU um, this, this, a team of two, two Western style teams, so you know, offense is going to tend to take priority. Length is going to tend to take priority here. Um, Arizona state had a strong finish to the season. I can't speak on knowledge of Nevada. I really did not watch or hear anything about them, but I do know since the Martin brothers, they, they've been able to put together a relatively consistent program. So there are no team to sleep on. However, I know a little bit more about Arizona State. That's why I picked them and leaned in that direction in this game. Uh, they, they, they can shoot. It's not their specialty, but when they get hot, the three-pointers are rolling. Their specialty is, is, is kind of on the glass and in transition, which I think in an initial game, if they can catch Nevada off guard, that's, that's what works for them, kind of catch them on their heels, run them out of the gym early. Do you know what? conference nevada's and the sky sky sounds right hang on they are in the mountain west mountain west okay so i was reading about this because there are definitely some teams in here that i know nothing about other than just that they're colleges or universities and there are a few Mountain West teams in here. You know, you have your San Diego States, you have your Nevadas, and there's, I believe, one more, which I'm just not recalling right off the top of my head. But I think it was last year they all lost in the first round and all of them played on Thursday. So the Mountain West was out in the first round. Um, they're not historically good over the last few years. And, you know, with that, and I know Arizona State has been a little bit hot as of late. You know, they had the buzzer beater to advance within the Pac-12 tournament. You know, I feel like Arizona State seems like more of the smart pick here, and especially based off history, statistics, and what I know about college basketball this year, we got to ride with Arizona State. There it is. Consensus already on the very first game. Look at that. Starting strong. 
Let's move into that that second play-in game. This four, again, to play a six seed, this time in the Midwest, Iowa State, the opponent. This is an important one to me because I think Iowa State is possibly the most vulnerable of, of the six seeds. And I think the win, I think regardless of the result of this playing game, the winner is going to beat the Cyclones in the first round. However, I'm rolling with Greg Elliott, senior point guard for the Pittsburgh Panthers. They shoot the three-point ball very, very well. They rebound better than we've seen a Pittsburgh Panthers rebound, team rebound since probably the last time they made the NCAA tournament, which it's, it's, it's been a little while. They play with energy, though, and that's that's the big thing I've noticed about this team. It's, it's not going to get you far in the tournament, but it's going to get a team that's, especially if they can win this first matchup against Mississippi State, it's going to get a team like Iowa State who who could potentially be like, you know, could potentially rest on their laurels a little bit, think we have the higher matchup, we have, we're the better seed, we're not too worried. That's the kind of matchup that Pittsburgh thrives in. And I know for a fact that Iowa State tends to fall back on their heels when they're winning in the first half of March Madness. And it is infuriating, and I will not be trapped by it again. I think, again, like I said, regardless the winner of this matchup beats in um, Iowa State, but I think the Panthers have the energy and the ferocity to win to get into that second round. I don't think they win two games, but I, I like them in that, and and we'll get there obviously fully. But I, I I like them at least in this first four matchup. Okay, that to me sounds good. I had the minimal knowledge I had on these guys didn't really persuade persuade me either which way. The fact Pittsburgh is you know, in PA, there's like a little <laughs> bit of bias there. Uh, but yeah, I let's go with Pittsburgh as advancing in that game. And now let's get to the 16 seeds where if you know anything about them, shoot. Cause all I put was I picked Texas A&M Corpus Christi cause the name is long and I thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> and then I picked fairly Dickinson because Texas Southern is 14 20. They made it from the bid cause the whoever won the conference couldn't go in because they're switching into it or something like that. That's right. That's right. I remember, yeah. The, I forget who it was exactly, but yeah, they're they're in the fourth year of their four year eligibility change, and yeah. so yeah, they didn't qualify. So I didn't know that. I had Texas Southern, but I guess I guess he, my reasoning for that was my little brother attended Fairleigh Dickinson, and he made it very clear to me the athletes were not. Not around much on that canvas. Not not really there. I'm not not saying like they were somewhere else. Like they just didn't exist. There's a tiny little pocket town in New Jersey that you could walk to the edge of in 40 minutes. Was it? Wasn't your brother an athlete there though? Well, well, okay, yeah. So Danny, Dan, my little brother, got a college scholarship to run track at Fairleigh Dickinson University. He he was a college athlete for I believe a whopping two weeks uh, because he was immediately deemed in it physically ineligible to run due to a leg injury. And then never ran again. But he did receive a partial scholarship. Well, I picked him just for Nanny, but I guess if you're leaving me no choice here, I'm just... Texas, Texas Southern. No, they feel they, they feel like the team is gonna that that shouldn't be here, and therefore, yeah, you're right. For the, maybe Fairland Dickinson gets this one win. Regardless, they get absolutely you know smacked out of the building by Zach Eady and Purdue. Sure. All right. Now that we got the first four out of the way, let's let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. Let's get in the bracket. Let's actual matchups. 
south good to start? Yeah, I think that's where everybody starts typically. No reason we shouldn't follow suit. Let's start with the number one overall seed, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Every time I talk to somebody who doesn't follow college basketball this year and I tell them Alabama is one of the good teams, they go, isn't that a football school? And I go, yes, it is a football school. However, this is a very complete basketball team. They have two guys inside that rebound the ball very, very well, and their offense is spearheaded by freshman Brandon Miller. I know I tend to fall in love with freshmen around March. Uh, this guy is already NBA ready. I mean, he's I, the, the best way I would argue it is he's a guard version of Kyle Kuzma, which in the NBA is like, eh, whatever. In college basketball, it's incredible. The man can score from any level, you know, right inside, mid-range, deep three-point. He can do it all. He's got guys inside that can finish, that can rebound, that can defend. This is a very, very scary team, won their conference title, a much stronger conference than we're typically used to, by the way. Uh, We'll talk about the deep run in a bit, but obviously in a 116 matchup, we expect Alabama to cruise. Couldn't agree more. And for the sake of everything, I don't think we're going to make any ambitious picks about a 16 beating a one this year. I know it's happened before. But we're probably going to stay away from that. But, you know, it definitely could happen. It could. It could. But we will. Yes. It won't. We'll roll with the percentages here. It's only ever happened once. It won't happen. The, the, the one way it does happen is a Brandon Miller gets hurt in pregame warmups, doesn't play type of situation. Yeah. And the rest of Alabama boycotts the game and decides <laughs> we're not playing. And that, then Texas A&M Corpus Christi. <laughs> Maybe moves on. Or SEMO. <laughs> All right, let's move on. A more competitive game. This a really fun one. We were, you know, we mentioned the eight nines uh, early in the show or before the show. I don't remember exactly which it was, but the eight nines this year are especially excellent. And it starts out great here with Maryland and West Virginia. West Virginia has not been as consistently in the tournament as they were kind of when we were in high school and in middle school, so more so, but Bob Huggins still there, still applies a lot of pressure. Uh, and the, the, the Terrapins, I mean, they're not, they're not bad in terms of the program that they've built, but I just feel like if West Virginia is able to ap- apply that full court pressure that they like to, it's just going to be too much for a Big Ten team to handle. Yeah, uh, the nickname Press Virginia get thrown around a little bit. I <laughs> I like that idea. Like Bob Huggins is a guy who's been there, you know, knows how to handle himself. While they may not be the three or four that they once were, I I like the program stability. And Maryland's has been better. I don't know. I'm leaning West Virginia in this case. Yeah, I agree. I think Maryland, like I said, they've been consistent, but. Ever since the the Mellow Trimble Bruno Fernando days, they've just they haven't quite been what they used to be. Next matchup. This is the one where we have San Diego State, you know, from the Mountain West. We got Charleston. This I would say is probably the most predicted upset that I have seen so far. You know, we talked about the Mountain West. They typically don't do good in this tournament charleston very very good team this year 31 and 3 you know won their conference mm-hmm. what and if i'm not mistaken charleston very offense heavy 
team, too. Yes, one of the best shooting teams in the field here. Like you mentioned, just three losses. However, the thing to mention, they're from a minor conference, a non-power conference, so they didn't play a whole lot of incredible teams. But look at look at the, the road to at least a Sweet 16 potentially for them. They're not Virginia is the only power conference team they have to run into, and everybody is low on Virginia this year. In fact, that Virginia game is another one of the top-picked upsets that I've been seeing. Um, San Diego State's another one of those teams that tends to mess with me, right? I, te- I pick them to lose in the first round. They go to the Sweet 16. I pick them to go deep. They get cut out early. I don't always love picking the predicted upset, but Charleston looks – It almost looks like a gimme 12-5. We always know that this is a tough one, that this is one that 12 seed tends to do pretty well in. I know you're skeptical of the the going with the consensus all the time, but I think that with the upsets at least, this is a tough one to shy away from, Mo. This one feels a lot like Marquette, Murray State when Ja was there, you know, when we were like, like 20, 21. It feels like that rather than a trap. So I put down Charles my racket. I don't know how you're feeling. I, I, I have Charleston as well. All right. Then when they inevitably blow it, I'll just, you know, yell at the public and not you. But I, I agree. I think Charleston, assuming they can not falter under the pressure and shoot reasonably well, I think they should win the game. I agree. San Diego State is a, a pace and play type of team. They need to go slower and at their own tempo. And if Charleston is pushing that tempo and hitting their shots, it's going to go there in their favor. It really is. You mentioned it before. Uh, Virginia versus Furman, four versus 13. Uh, Furman's a team I'm definitely not as familiar with. Virginia being an ACC team, definitely – not as good as years prior, and I would say that even compared to the one seed that lost to UMBC, but they start off pretty well and then have kind of cooled off as of late. And the ACC in general, like, is pretty weak this year. Yeah, the ACC and the Big Ten are the conferences that people are typically stay, saying to stay away from this year. Uh, and Furman, I don't remember if they won, but they've in the past they've given the teams the upper seed teams that they've played some trouble in the, those first round matchups. And that's why people are getting kind of high on this one. However, to me, it's very, very hard to predict that a 12 seed is going to play a 13 seed in the second round. That's the beauty of March is that it's very possible. However, this Virginia team is not that far off from what they typically are. They're still very solid defensively offensively is, is kind of where they're going to run into a little bit of an issue potentially, but against a team like Furman, it typically allows you to struggle from the field a little bit until you can kind of get your shots under you. The worry becomes if they don't get their, you know, don't kind of get their act together. If they have a slow start, that's when Furman can strike. I don't think that happens this round. And then I have Virginia moving on. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like we're looking here at the stats Obviously, with these smaller conference teams, they're not playing top 25 opponents. Uh, but, you know, Virginia has been tested. They still have the pedigree. To me, I, I like Virginia's matchup. They play a little bit more methodical, you know, that run and gun. But I think it's 
Furman in this case, a little bit less run and gun than Charleston, where, you know, Charleston shoots lights out. Furman is just kind of like they like to shoot a lot and they live and die by that. So I'm good with Virginia if you are. I think I'm good with the Cavaliers here. All right. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Maybe Donnie Mitchell shows up. No. All right. Six versus 11. First off, uh, NC State, one of those last four in type of situation here. I know they're not in a play-in, but a lot of people were surprised about this team. However, they're a team that does typically do pretty well in March. Uh, But Creighton is a team that a lot of people are high on this year. They're not a very deep team, but who is in March? Uh, And their starters, however, very solid, very consistent uh, they're they're good at scoring. They're they're solid defensively. Uh, again, the, the the issue becomes they really don't go outside of that five very much. They probably have a sixth guy that comes in that like is the normal sixth guy, but they don't really cut past that in important games very much. And that that does make a deep tournament run difficult, especially if your key guys get into foul trouble. However, this is a very very good program and they're in a very solid solid year they had a lot of losses but they really brought it together in the end of the season I think they're going to do it I don't think NC State really has that punch that some of these other 11 seeds have um and so I'm going to take McDermott's squad here I'll agree with that this is one I kind of had as a toss-up I had put Creighton but you know, you always go back and forth where like Syracuse, when we were seniors in high school, they went on this magical run. I'm not saying NC State's prime do that, but you always have an 11 seed that's weirdly sneaky and, you know, kind of trying to find that. So, but I agree with Creighton in this case. Yeah, you always got to watch the 11 seeds, but Creighton is not typically a team that falls victim to that first round upset. They're usually consistent enough to get to at least at least the second half of the first weekend, let alone the second week. Oh, look, our favorite matchup. Good old Baylor, <laughs> our favorite team versus uh, UC Santa Barbara. I'll, I'll say this. I don't have a, a team higher than 13 winning, or lower than 13, however you look at it. Yeah. Um, that being said, this is one to look at. Baylor's always a team that struggles. They do have a guy, Keontae George, who can ball. He's young, though. Again, younger guy. Um, their, their star power is great. It's the depth. Again, it's that, that everybody else factor. That, well, what happens if this is the bum stuck at the line? Or what happens if George or someone else important gets into foul trouble? That's what's really important here for this team. I do have them winning against UC Santa Barbara. However, this is a shaky at best three seed uh, you just just be careful. I do have them at this portion of the brackets wild card. I do. I think they could win the whole damn portion, but I don't. I I don't think it's likely. I do think they're gonna win in round one though. Let's go with Baylor. I'm not gonna say a word about them because they always screw me over ever since they played Georgia State in high school. But we're I digress. <laughs> 7-10, Missouri versus Utah State. Okay, I, I am adamant about this one. 
it is Utah State. Utah State is one of the two hottest teams coming in. We'll get to the next, the, the hottest team very, very soon. But one of the two hottest teams coming in, they won the automatic bid in their conference. They had an they, they had a great stretch in the beginning, a rough stretch in the middle, a great stretch at the end. And great stretch at the end is what I always look for. Who was the hottest team or one of the hottest teams coming in? Uh, an eight or nine seed Oregon helped me so much a few years ago. It was Peyton Pritchard's squad. I love finding those teams. I think Utah State very much could be one of those teams. I'm adamant that Utah State is going to win this matchup. That's gospel to me. Let's take it. Uh, two versus 15, Arizona versus Princeton. Um, I got to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about Arizona, but Princeton, I was watching a lot of the Ivy League tournament. And despite the fact Princeton won their league, and that's a big congratulations, I wasn't incredibly impressed with how they played. And you know, granted, it was impressive enough to get to the tournament, which is an accomplishment on its own. But you know, I think Arizona is going to take care of business. It may be like a like an eight or ten point game, but you know, I think Arizona should have no trouble. I I agree. I looked at this one for a second, always looking at that potential two fifteen upset. Um, Arizona's too consistent, too solid, too strong. You always got to look at that Ivy League team, though. I had a friend in college who always said if they're 13 or higher, you pick them to win. They're smart. They know what they're doing. <laughs> it's funny because I was going to say that where Princeton was like a 13 seed or, you know, if they even got up to a 12, like I think then you look at them like Yale a few years ago or Harvard, <laughs> like they they make noise. But I think the 15 seed is warranted. And I really think that when you're at 15 seeds, you rather have a Patriot league school rather than yep. an Ivy. So I'd go with Arizona here. I think we're going to go with Arizona as well. Wrap up the first round in the South here, Alabama, West Virginia, Charleston, Virginia, Creighton, Baylor, Utah state, Arizona. That is exactly what I have on my own personal bracket. I don't know about you, but that is what I've got. The only one that I flip-flopped because you know i'm i'm a spineless coward uh i switched i had missouri just because utah state a little unfamiliar with them and sometimes with those 710 seeds it from what i've seen there's probably no statistics to back this up like if i don't know the 10 sometimes i'm just inclined to go with the seven but i get that i, I know nothing about missouri so i trust the fact that if utah state's hot you might as well take them because Another team that I really thought was good a few years ago was Oklahoma with Trey Young, and they lost to Rhode Island, I think. Something dumb. Something exactly like Trey Young should have done. All right. Should that team we, had like 15 losses and shouldn't have been in March anyway. You know, it, that's neither here nor there. Last four in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Didn't even have a play in. Whatever. Do we want to continue in this portion of the bracket or continue with the first round? Um, let's continue with the first round just because that is the most, like for anyone listening, that's coming up right now, you know, that's going to be the most relevant info. And then we'll, once we get through the first round, we'll go back and, you know, kind of scrub through the rest. Finish up. I like it. All right. Let's, let's scroll down here to the East, stay on the left side of our bracket here. Uh, so Alabama, the number one overall seed Purdue, the fourth number one seed. We, it it was, were they going to be a top two seed or were they going to be? 
a low one seed. They end up getting the one seed after winning the Big Ten championship. Uh, Zach Eady likely going to be the national player of the year, seven foot four behemoth. Regardless of who wins that play in matchup, we think just about like everybody else is going to have Purdue in this one. However, Purdue, again, one of those teams that does not tend to tend to do us very nice nicely in, in March. Yeah, definitely not. When they were a three or a two, you know, I like picking them as sort of this cool, unique team to, you know, work its way to the final four. They usually always let me down, but I think they should be fine in their first round matchup against the winner of Texas Southern or Fairleigh Dickinson. So I'm going to say Purdue. I hope you agree or else I'm kicking you off. No, I, I don't need to get canceled quite yet. I got Purdue here. This one is going to be painful to talk about. This is hard because, he, okay, so here, here, here's the deal. I've done my research on this game, and I, I am confident in having picked Memphis, mm-hmm. but it's tough because yep. Florida Atlantic, yes, back-to-back bids. They're having their best year in, in school history at 31-3, You know, won the automatic bid in their tournament, got all the way up to a nine-seed very impressive season, but when you look at the actual matchup and how these two teams go up against each other, it all favors Memphis. Their their defense, their ability to force turnovers and turn those turnovers into points, and their ability to defend the interior, where uh, FAU tends to get the majority of their baskets. That was the big key point for me was that Memphis is an excellent interior defensive squad that and and to that degree, FAU gets most of their points in there. If FAU is going to struggle, they they don't have that three point firepower that a bigger school like Memphis might have sitting on the bench or sitting back in the starting lineup waiting for their 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 chance. I I think if Memphis wins, they're the team that has a chance to beat Purdue. I think if FAU is able to pull it off, I think Purdue is going to run over them. But regardless, I mean, I have Purdue winning against either of them. But I, I think it's going to be the Tigers here. However, FAU, they're, they're not going to go away quietly. This, this is going to be one of those games that, in, unless you know something real darn specific about one of these two schools or both of these schools, it is truly just flip a coin. Seriously. Yeah. I I looked through this one a bunch because Memphis is definitely not where they were with Derrick Rose, you know, years and years ago. But they're starting to revitalize the program. And, you know, they have recruits incoming, but they're starting to get there as is. And then you got FAU, 31-3 and this year, who just shoots incredible. Something, something, physicality. I, you know, I'd pick Memphis in this case. Yeah, something, something, physicality sounds right. They're also the, again, since they're a bigger team, they're more likely going to have a little bit more depth on the squad. If FAU has to dip too far into their bench, who knows how many of these guys have gotten meaningful game time at any point during this season. Mm-hmm. All right, five twelve, Duke versus Oral Roberts. I'm going to say right now that this is the most difficult matchup Duke would have until the Elite Eight, yeah. or the Sweet 16 at least. I mean, Oral Roberts was a 12 seed that I was going to pick and have win and not think about before the field was released. 
And then they got picked against the one five seed that I like this year. I am not high on the five seeds this year, except for Duke. Duke's is also, it's based off of two factors. Number one, this portion of the bracket, the East, is going to be the worst for everybody. It's going to be the hardest to predict, the most chaotic. Anything and anyone could come out of this, this portion of the bracket, this region of the bracket. A lot of people like Duke, and that's what I hate most about also liking Duke. But the second factor, and what I said I was going to get to before, that made me, fueled me to pick Duke to go far this year, is that they are the hottest team coming in. They won the tournament, the conference tournament. They have been much more consistent in the back half of the year. Kyle Flapowski is a double-double machine. The reason I say, however, that Oral Roberts is the most difficult task for them early on is that Oral Roberts has a guy that can, I don't know if he's going to be able to lock up Flapowski, but he's going to make him look small because they have a seven foot five center. Okay. That is bigger than Zach Eady. That is just hard to deal with. All right. Taco Fall lost in the first round, but he made it hard as hell for the team that beat him. It's just, it's difficult when your best player is also at that position. However, I think even without Coach K, Duke is a talented enough program to work around that. Like I said, hottest team coming in and down the stretch. We know what they've been able to do. We saw what they did last year. I think that they also have a bit of a chip on their shoulder this year, right? Without Coach K anymore. Yeah, and the reason why... It gets a little bit tough, too, is we watched Duke lose to Lehigh, we watched Duke lose to Mercer. You know, they had these unprecedented upsets, you know, when they were being coached by Coach K. And I think that people shy away from that them in that case. However, it's usually the upsets that, not to say people don't expect, because, you know, it's March, and you should expect upsets. But they're sort of out of the blue. And this year, it seems like Oral Roberts like, oh, yeah, they, they're they a really good team. You know, Duke doesn't have Coach K anymore. I, this is definitely biased from being a Duke fan, but I'm picking Duke here. Yeah, Duke, Duke It I, I agree. Jeremy Roach came back, and it really fueled that late season run that they had. I love Jeremy Roach, especially in March. I think... I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be a very tough matchup. I think it's going to be a very close, scary first-round matchup. But that's the top of the hill to start for Duke. That that It's a little easier after that. And and that's – let's get into that next matchup, that 4-13. This is tough because I love Tennessee. But two things about them. Number one, they are probably the most injured team coming into the tournament. They're down to one of their best three players. Number two, they're the coldest team coming in. Lost four of their last six. Um, that, that, that makes them, however, one of the wild cards of this portion of the bracket because they're flying so low on everybody's radar. When they were at their best and at their peak, they were one of the best, most efficient teams in the nation. I just think it's hard once you're down to really one guy that you have typically running plays to have him score left to do that with it makes it a lot easier for a, a team, even a team like Louisiana, that's not as as powerful or, or consistent necessarily. It allows them to keep pace because if the only guy they have to worry about is Santiago Vescovi, then their priority can shift from defense to or from offense to 
you're using me from defense to offense to, okay, how are we going to score against this team? Because they only, we only have one guy to worry about on that other end. And that's the issue I ran into with Tennessee. Louisiana is the lowest seed that I have winning. I have this being my big upset here. I understand if you want to go the other way. I won't push this one too hard, but Louisiana is my 13 seed moving on. You know, I feel like with this, if we pick Louisiana, it's going to be the inverse, like Oral Roberts versus Tennessee. I just yeah. I have that inkling of a feeling. But Tennessee, you're right, banged up beyond belief. This strikes me as one where it's either – Tennessee wins and then gets hot or they lose first round. So it's boom or bust here. Let's go Louisiana. We have had nothing really that exciting so far. I like Louisiana. Let's do it. All right. I appreciate the support. I like it. Let's get spicy here though. Providence, no talk. Providence, I'm fine with that. I personally have Kentucky and Kentucky was my main wild card because again, this is such a messed up portion that if Kentucky gets hot, they will go to the Final Four. I'm not joking. They will. I don't see it happening, though. I'm fine with having them lose to Providence. Let's go Let's go with them. No No. Chris Dunn anymore. But I want to reference that. All I know about Kentucky is, you know, they're not the Kentucky of yesteryear. Providence and St. Mary's are two teams that you look at them like, those are not sexy picks. I'm not going to pick them. But every year they do pretty well. I'm, I 100%. And they're consistent. Like moving the ball, especially, is a key of this of, of of this program. They do it very well. And like you said, this this isn't you know your mother's Kentucky team. This is this is this is, this is the modern day John Calipari who's aged and grizzled. Yeah, w- were they in the tournament the last two times? I believe so. I don't know. I don't know. They 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 have been more inconsistent in the last few years. A little less so than Duke and UNC. Although UNC, uh, one of the first four out this year, so catching up in that regard. All right, but we got Providence there. Let's move on here. Kansas State versus Montana State. Kansas State again could go far. I don't know if Montana State has the the firepower to beat them, but they're a team. The Kansas State also strikes me as a team that could lose early, uh, but I don't have that happening happening here. I want I want to pin a story here though. Do you remember a few years back a player on Florida that passed out on the court? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name was Keontae Johnson. Hmm? He's currently the best player on Kansas State. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to bring everybody full circle there. And a few a few years later, I might have even been this year he transferred. And because Florida wasn't the right situation for him, obviously, and it's worked out pretty darn well seeing that there are three seeds in the East. And just, I think, an absolutely excellent story that he's been able to work all the way back into this much prominence since that incident. Now let's ride with Kansas State. I like it. The only thing that I've ever doubted about Kansas State is Michael Beasley went to school there. Uh-huh. Never forget. <laughs> All right. Michigan State versus USC. Um, I know based on record, you know, Michigan State in the Big Ten, 19 and 12, USC, Pac-12, and 22 and 10. I have one note. I know very little about both these teams. Good old Coach Bartinsky always used to play us and would literally shove us around. Like, you'll remember those scrimmages, right? 
<clears throat> oh yeah. And when you would ask for a foul or they're like, Hey, like, what was that? Like, that's a foul. He would go. And I quote at the time, stop pay- playing back 10 basketball, play big 10 basketball. <laughs> so what I have written as my notes, big 10 basketball is better than pack 12 basketball. <laughs> That is a good point. The the look, I originally had USC, and that is because of one reason alone. That is, I love, love, love Boogie Ellis. I think he's fun and he's exciting. However, I've run into this issue before of liking a player a little bit too much for my own good. I'm trying not to get caught in that here. Tom Izzo, where it's hard to take his teams deep every year. You know he puts together solid squads, and this is an offensive juggernaut of a Michigan State team. I, I think they have the potential to blow the, the, the wheels off of USC. I don't know if that's necessarily the game we'll see, but I think their offense is going to be a little better, a little stronger, and a little more consistent. To your kind of, to your point, I, th- I think it's going to be the Spartans. All right. Spartans are the Trojans. Michigan State, though, being the one team that is typically just never meshed well with my pick. Nope. I digress. They- Always go opposite. Always, always. And then last but not least in the East, number two, Marquette versus 15, Vermont. Um, I do think Marquette's going to win this, but I just, Shaka Smart just scares me. This was the only two seed that I legitimately considered having losing the first round. I don't see it happening. It's only because the last time I remember Marquette was a two seed, I had them losing my national championship game, and they lost to a Kylo Quinn Norfolk State. No, that was Missouri. That was Missouri. You're right. Marquette's fine. <laughs> the way Wade used to go to school there. And Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler went to school there. Jay Crowder went to school there. A uh, few, few, few people have gone to school at Marquette, I think. Um, Ver- Vermont's a team that plays their their two seeds tough, typically, but often lacks the firepower to to really get over that hump and beat them. Marquette, one of the hotter teams as well. I think I think that's a pretty easy one. I thought you were just gonna end it there with yeah, Jay Crowder went there, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade. And I was going to make a joke saying, yeah, if you came here for actual analysis to win your tournament, all you got was, oh, yeah, Dwayne Wade played there. They're pretty good. They are right. They are right. All right. All right. Moving back up. Midwest. Halfway done. Or at least the first round. So It'll go quick. Top right. Top right. Houston. A lot of people thought they were going to be the number one overall seed. Wasn't the case. Late loss in the year knocked them out of that consideration, but still an excellent year. A year that a lot of, a lot would say Houston has kind of been building to over the past few years. We know how good Marcus Sasser has been and was last tournament, especially. This is this is a tournament team, excuse me, a Houston team primed for a deep tournament run. I don't think Northern Kentucky is going to pose any threat, cause any problems. I got Houston here easy. Eight nine, the only I didn't put down. Well, actually, I have some thoughts on it, but my note is listen to Robbie because you are usually pretty good about knowing how good Iowa is. All I know about them is they're on a pretty bad skid. You know, Fran McCaffrey has never been to the Sweet Sixteen, uh, and they're playing in Birmingham, Alabama, so more home court for Auburn. You know, hypothetically. 
more more so yes i i've toyed with this one as well like i said this wasn't as clear cut for me as in years past with iowa but i'm also trying the strategy this year of not watching as much college basketball during the regular season i originally picked auburn because they're a defensive team and i tend to side with the defense here However, there's one note on Auburn that did, in fact, make me completely flip script, and that's, yes, they themselves get to the free throw line, but they also send their opponent to the free throw line. And not only is Iowa a better free throw shooting team, they are one of the best free throw shooting teams in college basketball. They, maybe not in much of a, as much as a Michigan State of an offensive juggernaut, but we know they can light it up. They only really struggle from three, but from the free throw line, very, very consistent are these Iowa Hawkeyes. I think if Auburn kind of falls behind a bit or or just struggles to stay in the game mentally, they're going to start fouling, and it's going to just push Iowa ahead the little bit they need. Or late game, if it comes down to a, a free throw game, that's Iowa's ball game. That's how they can win a close game, and that's what happens here in March I've toyed with this hard. Do not pick them for any form of upset or any type of, of miracle run, but I do have the Iowa Hawkeyes winning one. One matchup here against Auburn. Oof. I don't know. It hurts me, and I don't judge those who don't listen to me on this one. This is not the Iowa team with Keegan Murray. They are they're one of the worst defensive teams in this tournament. But Auburn is not necessarily the offense that can capitalize off of that. The one caveat here being if Iowa is just not hitting their shots, this is going to go Auburn's way very, very quickly. I know. I know. I put down Auburn just because Iowa usually is a letdown. And they're playing in Alabama. And... You said about free throws, which is a valid point. Like, I was great at free throw shooting. But what if they're just down and never get a chance to go to the free throw line, really? It's a good point. And when in doubt, like I said, one of the conferences to avoid this year is the Big Ten. This is not not my personal bracket. This is our bracket. I think Auburn's the way to go here. Auburn it is. Five versus 12. Miami versus Drake. Drake. Yeah. Here's why. I was high on Miami at the beginning of the year, but they lost their starting center late. That's a tough thing to come back from. Also, Isaiah Wong is basically the poor man's Marcus Carr or Marcus Sasser. He's great. He could win a game, but without your top big guy, a team like Drake that's hot coming off a conference championship, I I like them as a 12-5 upset here. Four versus 13, Indiana versus Kent State. This is the other spot I thought about having a 12-13 matchup in the second round. Because, again, it is tough, tough to trust the Big Ten this year. But Indiana is the one team I've kept my eye on. And the reason for that is Trace Jackson Davis. I think, regardless of who wins the National Player of the Year, he is currently the best player in college basketball. He is excellent. The issue is Indiana just doesn't have a very good program. They just really haven't ever. And... That is really what holds them back. And the supporting cast as well is just not really up to his level. The counterpoint, though, being I don't know anything about Kent State. I never do. And I don't see them winning games very often in the tournament either. 
And at some point, the Big Ten does have to have some success. I went with Indiana here. I think this is a reasonable upset to take. But again, for me, it's very, very hard to predict a 12-13 second round matchup. You know, looking at these stats right here, um, Indiana 5 versus 2 versus top 25. Kent State had two games against top 25 teams and lost both. Um, You know, they're... Indiana is a little bit worse on defense. Man. What do you what do you what are you feeling? You feeling zany? I mean, I mean, here's the here's the deal. I'm gonna push Drake for the sweet 16 either way. So whatever makes that point easier to drive home with you, go with your heart. I had an ex-girlfriend from Indiana, and the year she broke out with me. They lost. So, <laughs> that, this isn't irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> this is just your one connection to Indiana. It's just that one. They were like, that year, they were like the number one seed and they lost to, you know, like, I I think we're feeling a little zany. Kent State. Let's make Let's it easy. It. Let's do it. I like it. I like it. All right. Six versus 11. This will be 11 seed, uh, one of the first four matchups, Mississippi State and Pittsburgh, which I think the consensus we got to was Pittsburgh. I have them winning like this this game. Like I said, I I like their energy. I like their tenacity on defense and their ability to, to score on offense, not as consistently as you maybe would like, but with more consistency than in years past. And Iowa State, like I said, always a team that hurts me deep down in my heart, deep down in my soul. Then I can never quite get it right, which probably means you should pick them to win this game. But deep, it's also for me, you got to pick one of those play-in teams to win. And this is the more enticing matchup to me. I don't. I think both six seeds in these matchups are vulnerable. I think Iowa State just maybe that little bit more. I have the Panthers here, but we already went kind of zany, so it might, it might be safer for us to go with the Cyclones. Nah, I took away your Iowa pick. We're going no Iowa State. Iowa no State. Iowa. I, no I Iowa. I saw this great thing on Twitter the other day. It was if you could visit 49 of the 50 states, which one would you leave at? And without hesitation, in all caps, I said Iowa. And that holds true to the March Madness bracket as well. Um, Xavier versus Kennesaw State. I know nothing about Kennesaw State. Xavier usually is good to me. Um. I'm just going to pick Xavier because he's got an excellent, and my name is an excellent. Ah, yeah, it took me a second, but yeah, it does. Cool. Xavier, <laughs> works for me. Works for me. I just call you Baker. It's hard. I know. Give me give me some actual, like, information about Xavier. Like, I, I, I also don't know a whole lot about Xavier this year, but kind of to what you said, I'm basing it off of that consistency that they typically have to at least – get to, you know, the second round or the Sweet 16. They're pretty good when they're here. They're a three seed. They know what they're doing. They don't have the toughest matchup either, especially in this first round. I I think they're a pretty safe pick here. All right. 7-10, A&M versus Penn State. We were arguing about this before we started. Back to College Station. No, I know we argued about this before we start. It's it's impossible for me to ever want to pick the Nittany Lions. I hate them with a burning, burning passion. Deep, deep hatred. 
I tried to look at this fairly, though, because I know that they're a decent program, and I know they did okay in the tournament as well. Uh, but but just, I really looked at it, and even still, the numbers all favor Texas A&M. Uh, A&M is a sneaky seven seed. If any seven seed is going to go deep, it's this team right here. I I think it's hard to predict that Texas-Texas A&M second round matchup, but I do think this one's going to happen. I think that Texas A&M kind of has that pedigree. They don't necessarily have that standout guy anymore, like when they had Culver. Uh, but but they're just they're consistent, and they they play with almost a swagger to them of we're here, we've been here, we've done this before. We're not gonna get we're not gonna lose our heads in the moment. I guess is really where I'm going with this team. Whereas the Nittany Lions, they're not here as consistently in March. They may not be as ready for what's coming. I like I like Texas A&M. Okay, to play devil's advocate here, Penn State got very hot in the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> you know, they we did. talked a lot about how usually like to pick the teams that are hot. Why not Penn State in this first-round matchup? Well, because I hate them, and that's okay. pure bias. So in that case, I'm also going to say Penn State for another reason. One, they're hot, and two – we can't go too hot on Texas. We we just can't. So states on watch. So should we pick Penn State? I guess we're picking yet another upset in this portion of the bracket. Penn State Nittany Lions. You've somehow talked me into it. So we have everything but two upsets. Um, well, we'll save one here. Easy one here. I I think Colgate is a great 15 seed. I do. We love that Patriot League champion. Uh, and they 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 gave they wreaked a little bit of havoc in the first round last year gave, gave that two seed a scare, but I think I think the Longhorns are going to be successful. I love me some Marcus Carr. I think everything but three point shooting is a strength of these Longhorns. I like Texas. I agree. And Colgate, despite winning the Patriot League and you know making some noise last year against I believe it was Wisconsin, Wait, or was it Arkansas? Oh, I don't remember. That was a whole year ago, man. Yeah, it's been a bit. But uh, regardless, like Colgate in their Patriot League championship played Lafayette, who had a disgustingly bad losing record. You know, Lafayette had upsets against Lehigh and upsets against American. I'm not saying that Colgate's path to win the Patriot League was easy. You know, they still had to play their games. But for a championship, it was pretty easy and they've been rolling in the Patriot League but I'm picking Texas too yep easy one there I think all right one more region to go here in the first round that is the West which is topped off by the number one overall seed Kansas Jayhawks last year's national champion of course now Sands top player Ochai Agbaji but Jalen Wilson stepped up wonderfully all team uh, all first NCAA team this year um, one uh, I believe one player on every one seed, as well as Trace Jackson Davis, made the all-first all team, which is kind of cool. Jayhawks going up against Howard, not a difficult matchup for them here. I think they'll be just fine. All right, I wrote I wrote a star next to this one, Arkansas Illinois. This is the best eight-nine matchup in my opinion. Wow, I like this game a lot. I I know a lot of people that are going to pick Illinois because I know a lot of people that live in Illinois. They got, uh, blanking on his name, but the shooter from Baylor, the white shooter from Baylor, who's been a, a big help for their floor spacing. Arkansas, however, 
they're a team that it's not even like they screw me over. I just never pick them, and they always do better than that. They just, they just, they just, they do better than I expect them to. I also really like Anthony Black. I like the big men that they have on this team. I think they're a little more physical than Illinois, and that was really what it came down to. And I think Illinois' issue is they're not physical enough. They're not strong enough to handle a team like Arkansas. So I have them right now. I could very easily be persuaded out of it. I want to hear your thoughts on this one, but right now I got Arkansas. I have Arkansas too. Two words, Eric Musselman. Mm. I think very well coached. They've been there. They made a half-decent run last year. They gave a lot of teams a lot of trouble. I've seen them play in person, you know, right before COVID. I think he's really, like, he's made the ship, you know, that is Arkansas right. And I would agree. I, I really, it's the intangibles. It's the the program. It's the coaching. And I, I just think that's really, really important when it comes to March. Is why a lot of these blue bloods do so good year in, year out. So I'd pick Arkansas in this case. They'll have a tough second-round matchup, but the first-round Arkansas and because they're the namesake of one of the best vines of all time uh, of someone looking at a map and going, why is this Kansas and this Arkansas America explain? <laughs> oh, uh, if somebody could explain America, that'd be great. But Arkansas, Arkansas, good Lord. All right, let's, let's move, move past TikTok here as most people have tried to and failed to. Um, 512, another enticing upset here. I think VCU, always a team I pick wrong, have given up trying to pick them. I went with St. Mary's largely because I'm not very high on the five seeds this year, and that worried me a little bit. So I, I don't think they're going to do quite as poorly as I have them doing so far. So I have St. Mary's winning just this one game. The issue being, if VCU is able to kind of get hot and get going and get a lead early. St. Mary's does not have the pace of play and the firepower offensively to catch back up. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think this is going to be a much closer grinded out type of game, which is going to late game favor a St. Mary's. I'm with you, and I got a chance to see them play last year, which is really cool. And I'll Tell you what, St. Mary's, they played, oh, was it Richmond? Or it was, it was, I forget who it was, but they shot the lights out. They looked phenomenal. And yeah, you were supposed to see Iowa, that's right. That's, yeah. And <laughs> missed them dearly. But the one thing I'll say, and I said this about Providence earlier, because I also saw them play last year. St. Mary's, while not a sexy pick, especially based off the name, like, don't disregard them they've been there they have the experience and while vcu you know from years prior is always that like oh they could be real good they can be an upset they're in the tournament a lot i like st mary's this matchup especially since you got both of them averaging 71.4 points per game but st mary's Stevens is just a little bit better and they played some top 25 teams i like them for that reason all right, there you have it. St. Mary's in that tough 5-12 matchup there. All right, we talked about UConn a little bit earlier being one of those teams that, you know, it's tough to beat when they're actually here. 
I would go off on a limb and say that Iona is arguably the best thir- best coached 13 and below seed with Patino. I know yeah. it's not a popular opinion, but it's it's pretty true. He's going to get a better job soon from what I'm hearing. Um, people have been talking about is this when they, when he gets his first tournament win. I thought about it. I looked at it. I don't think so. I got the Huskies here. I don't think it's a Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier type type of year for them. But I think in the first round, they're going to handle business. TCU versus the winner of Arizona State and Nevada. In our case, we said Arizona State. What, what, I want to hear your opinions first on this one. What do you, what do you have? Oh, I – in my bracket, I have Arizona State. Like, I have said Arizona State and the slash Nevada, but I have Arizona State winning that matchup. And it's just because they got hot. And granted, there's a little bit of luck involved with that with you know, buzzer beater. But I think the Big 12 in general, teams from Texas, you know, not naming names, <laughs> Texas, have screwed me over in the past. I'm a little hurt. I'm saddened. And I do think Arizona State is that team that's, quite frankly, red hot. So that was where my head went. I also need a little bit more upsets. So I picked Arizona State personally. I don't hate that, to be completely honest. I have TCU. I have TCU as a team, like, yeah, no, I'm fine with that, honestly. That's even one that I'm considering. Re- I have them winning that matchup, and I'm almost considering readjusting. My issue is... I don't know if I want to pick both of those, and should I change Iowa State out? I don't know. But for now, I I like it. Let's go with Arizona State there. All right. Zaga versus Grand Canyon. Uh, Zaga. Zaga. They've been there. I I drive by parts of Grand Canyon University every day. It's not that nice. It's not near the Grand Canyon either. Northwestern versus Boise State. Um. Boise State being a Mountain West team, I, because that would be inclined to pick Northwestern. See, I went the exact opposite way. I said because Northwestern's a Big Ten team, I'm inclined to pick Boise State. This is a fine one, in my opinion, to be torn on. (laughs) (laughs) This very easily another just kind of flip a coin type situation. Unfortunately, I don't believe Boise State has a blue basketball court like they do football field. Yeah. (laughs) That, that's that just going to screw them over. That would be reason alone to pick them. <laughs> well, I do want to actually bring this up. Uh, so Boise State, I don't know how far Idaho is from Sacramento, but they're playing in Sacramento. Northwestern's got to go, I presume, a lot farther to get there. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't talk about travel a whole lot, but I don't feel bad about siding with Boise State for that reason, minus the Mountain West horrible record. That's the only thing that's holding me back. I, I'm i with you. I'm with you. But I don't know. We got burned so badly by the Big Ten last year. I'm just, I'm scarred. That's really where I keep stand on that one. It's North, their Northwestern year. Got it. <laughs> All right. Big Ten's year. That's what he says. And I think no-brainer UCLA beats UNC Asheville. Yep. All right. That is the first round. I know that was a lot. This should go quicker, though, now that we've covered everything. I I think from here we should stay within our region until we have our final four teams. Deal. All right. So let's hop back up to the south here. Second round, Alabama and West Virginia. Love Bob Huggins. He's not going to be the team to do it, though. 
Um, Alabama's going to move on here. No, no, no real concern for them. Maybe, maybe a first half scare, but I think they'll they'll pull away. No, I Alabama's been playing lights out as of late, and they have excellent scoring, but also play pretty good defense. And I think West Virginia thrives on trying to make teams uncomfortable with the press and maybe they get some turnovers off Alabama, but I just don't think there's going to be any way of containing and handling them. But, you know, we've seen crazier things happen. Brandon Miller is a freshman. It's not impossible to get, you know, get him riled up handling basketball, but it'll still be a difficult task. Oh boy. <laughs> you ready for this? I know you're going to say, cause I'm inclined to pick it too. But this is this is why I'll never have a perfect bracket because I get scared of picking a 12 seed to make it to the Sweet 16 because if they lose first round I like feel like I'm stabbing myself in the chest. Sure, and I have two of them because I know one of them is going to happen, and I'm willing to take that risk at this point. And Charleston is one of them. It was almost this isn't the reason I've been picking them, but it's something that I really noticed is when they heard their name get called, the way they celebrated. Versus all of these other teams that were in the same position of we know they were making it, but we didn't know where they were making it. It wasn't just like a hell yeah, we're here cheer. It almost felt like a holy crap, we know what we're doing, we can win this game cheer. And yes, that was for San Diego State. But like we mentioned before, this is one of, if not the best three-point shooting team in college basketball. And this is an underwhelming Virginia team. Those two things mix pretty well for another upset. Let's ride. All right. Beautiful. Moving down. Creighton Baylor. We talked about how we don't like Baylor very much. We talked about how Creighton usually is pretty consistent come March. I like both those things favoring Creighton. It is a close matchup in terms of the rankings. though. I mean, this is about as even of a second round matchup as you're going to get, especially in a 3-6. You know, when I was in Tennessee right before COVID, we were on spring break and there are these girls at this one bar at who came up to us and were talking with them. You know, they're a good company for my friends and I, and they're from Creighton and they told us don't sleep on Creighton. They're going all the way this year and we never had a, a 2020 tournament. So to that, I say, go Creighton. I hate Baylor. I'm picking Creighton. I agree. I agree. Again, watch out, Keontae George, not Johnson George, very good here on Baylor, but I don't see it. They're just, they lack that consistency that they, tip, they tend to lack in March. Utah State, Arizona. This, this game has given me headaches. Why? Because I was like, this is the one. This is the bold pick I'm going to make. I'm going to put Utah State in the Elite Eight. And I have rescinded that thought. I, I don't like to second-guess myself much in March. This one just felt a little too bold for my taste. I have actually since changed to Arizona winning this game. I, I'm looking for the two-seed that's going to lose early. Or maybe even lose in that second round. I thought it was going to be Arizona. I actually think somehow, some way they're the strongest two-seed, even though by theory it's Marquette. But, man, this team could have really easily been a one-seed. And I think that almost is going to piss them off a little bit. And they they might 
they they might be real scary. I like it. It, it. I know I've been harping on the stat a billion times. It's just the fact they're Mountain West that like also scares me. But they won the Mountain West at least. That has not mattered in the past few years. <laughs> I get that. I get that. But again, I, I like the how hot they are. But you're right. It's it's a little much, especially to beat in Arizona. Okay. From there, we have Alabama versus Charleston. Is this where Charleston Cinderella run comes to an end? It unfortunately is. They would need to have like an all-time shooting performance to beat Alabama. And then Creighton versus Arizona here. Probably a bit of an intriguing matchup, but what do you think? Okay, so th- this is where I personally am going to differ from the norm. The norm is going to be to pick Arizona here. The yeah. safer pick is to pick Arizona here. What we should probably do is pick Arizona here. However, I picked Creighton for two reasons. Number one, it's because if I get this right, I'm chilling, right? You're a genius. People are going to pick this. And two, what you just pulled up right there, they're a lot closer than people want to talk about in everything except for their record against top 25 teams. That is the one spot Creighton has faltered. And normally that's something that I look at and be a little bit skeptical. But then I thought about something else. I said, hmm, we're in March. doesn't really matter who the top 25 teams are, right? These are the top 68 teams. That's the only thing that really matters. Creighton is one of those teams. Creighton has a clean slate now, and in order to get to this game at all, they're going to have had to beat Baylor, who's a better team than them. I like Creighton here. I think as long as foul trouble it can be averted and the shots are falling, they can pull this upset here on Arizona. That being said, Arizona is a lot of people's favorites to knock out Alabama in the Elite Eight. And I don't want to take away that possibility and that conversation in our bracket. So unless you're also strongly feeling Creighton, I think we should probably pick Alabama here, uh, Arizona here. I want to – want you to look at what I highlighted if you can see it. So they played earlier in the year. And it was a two-point win for Arizona. So that, that could be one of, one of two scenarios. Number one, Arizona's like, cool, chill, we got this. We know what they're about now. Or it could be Creighton saying, ooh, ooh, okay, we were that close. Now we know what we got to do to beat them. The other aspect that's kind of throwing me off, and it's definitely not apples to apples, is they did lose to Marquette twice. And it's only because that Marquette is a two seed. I'm not saying they are Arizona, but they're comparable. And, you know, Creighton, while close, still hasn't beaten, you know, they – Arizona's a two-seed. They lost to them. Marquette, they lost twice. They're a two-seed. Xavier, they won once and lost two other times. So, and Texas is another one. So, they are one and four against the two seeds in, or two and three seeds in March Madness. You know, I know anything can happen, but I think we should go Arizona. Yeah, that seems like the safer bet here. And you know in what? Fact- Creighton will make the final four, and then we cry and we publicly shame me so it's fine i'm so convinced that i just changed that on my own bracket all right but that feels right that doesn't matter though because that's only for the elite eight and then you got alabama arizona in our case who's making it to the final four i know you're a little bit skeptical of them being the number one overall seed i'm rolling with the roll tide however they've 
been my the team I've had my eye on all year. I got a little worried when they got that number one overall seed. But this is one of the scariest offenses and also most complete defenses in college basketball. Their one, one issue that you could say is they tend to get in a little bit of foul trouble. And that's something that Arizona can, in fact, exploit. And that's why so many people have Arizona in this game. However, I like to think of the scenario other, otherwise where that's just not the case. And Arizona is then, in that case, going to struggle to, to keep up a little bit because they have comparable size, with, uh, Alabama does, to Arizona's big men. And Arizona doesn't have a Brandon Miller. They don't have a lights-out offensive player. So unless one of their guys just decides to do that this year, or a guard at least, decides to do that in this game, they're going to struggle to keep up with the points that Alabama's putting up. That's why I like their old tie. That's what I think everybody's going to struggle with, is struggling with the the onslaught that can that can be Alabama's offense. Assuming nothing comes out more about, like, Brandon Miller and, like, that mm-hmm. whole situation, so no distractions. You know, I think Alabama can make the Final Four, and I'd pick them in a perfect world. I, I looked into that. From what I understand, he's not being charged with anything, yeah. so there shouldn't be anything, at least with that specific scenario for anybody that knows what I'm talking or doesn't know what I'm talking about. There was a story about how he gave a gun to a, a friend that was uh, eventually, I guess that gun was used in a shooting. Um, no, no criminal charges against Brandon Miller, however, at least to this point in time. So from what, and I, I assume that if they do come, unless there's some real damning evidence, it will all wait till after the NCAA tournament. Right. His, his draft stock more likely would be at stake, but his ability to play is my guess. Yeah. So that that's our first ticket punch to the final four. We got the roll tide over Arizona here and out of the South. That's our South region champion, Alabama. Where do you want to go next? I think we went down first last time. So let's probably just stick that way for the, for the idea of consistency here. Yeah, round two, one eight Memphis Purdue. Like I said, this is a matchup a lot of people have their eye on for an upset. I don't because you need to be able to shut down Zach Eady to be able to handle Purdue, and that's not something Memphis is able to do. They are a strong interior defensive team, but they're not a tall interior defensive team, and and Eady's just gonna be able to kind of push shots and grab balls and. It's going to make things a little bit difficult for 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 Memphis to be able to keep up with with Zach Eady and with Purdue's offense. Duke Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana is going to going to sharply realize that it was a one one and done. Uh, Duke's going to handle them handle them handily is how I'll put it. I, I agree with that. Kansas State Providence. Uh, see, I have Kentucky, Kansas State, which makes this a little more difficult. But I like, I like Kansas State. I like Keontae Johnson. Um, they're flying a little bit under the radar in some ways, and almost over the radar in others. Um, to me, this is the team that could bust this whole thing wide open. They could very easily go to the Final Four. They could very easily lose in the first or second round. However, I like their kind of just the style of play they have: run and gun, just play your game. And, I mean, Johnson and Noel can just, I mean, they can just score at ease. 
And that makes things a lot easier when you got guys that can light it up like that offensively. I think we got to go with Kansas State. Yeah, and the little spark notes I was reading, it sounds like Providence isn't as defensively stout as years prior, and Kansas State is offensively and defensively efficient. I think, you know, you're right. If it's Kentucky, it may be a little more difficult of a pick, but I think Kansas State should have this if they do end up playing Providence. I think so. I think so. Marquette, Michigan State, really tough, really good 2-7 matchup. Uh, I have Marquette here. Marquette's a two-seed, again, though, that I'm looking at potentially for early exit. I don't know if I trust Tom Izzo to be the one to do it, though. Yeah. Again, I'm pretty low on the Big Ten this year. I think I think it's a one-and-done. I think Marquette's got this. Yeah. I Michigan State could be like a little bit more of an upset in the first round, but I don't see them getting the Sweet 16. Yeah, exactly. Getting to the second weekend for, for Tom Izzo, that's, that's a tall order. Purdue versus Duke. This is the big one. This is the first real true chance Purdue has to lose. And I do think it's going to happen. I think Duke has what it takes. I, I, Like I said, I don't like that they're getting all the attention that they're getting. And they're getting the, ooh, Duke could come out of the, the East region. Duke could go to the Final Four. I don't love it, but I see it. I really see it. This is the easiest portion and therefore the most chaotic portion. And that tends to fall in Duke's favor more often than not. I like the Blue Devils. I do too. Um, It could also come down to the fact, though, if Purdue's getting a lot of foul calls, you know, Zach Eady is you going to the free throw line and they're getting fouls, putting everyone in foul trouble. You know, they they roll, but then if they're not getting them, it may be a quick falter. And while Duke has definitely this one of the scariest matchups in the first round, you know, if they can win that, there's a foreseeable path to the final four, like you said. And I think they can beat Purdue in this case. So I like that. Or Roberts is the big test, as dumb as that sounds. <laughs> it really is. No, it's it's truthful. They they've proven themselves in March before. Uh Duke Duke has their work cut out for him, but like you said, I think the road is pretty clear right now. Other matchup, 2-3, K-State versus Marquette. This is a great game. This, this would, this, if this happens, this would just truly be one of the most exciting games of the tournament to watch, in my opinion. They match up very well against each other. Very well. It's hard because these are two teams that typically let me down, however, in March. I'm worried about both of their abilities to get to this game. However, if they're in this game, I like Marquette. And not just because Dwayne Wade went there. They play very consistent, very consistent defense and have the offense to match. They're one of the most well-balanced teams. They do turn the ball over quite a bit. That's their real fault. But the the two-way ability, the tempo pushing of this team that they have, it's hard to beat. It's really hard to beat. You know, it's funny because I would have picked Kansas State on a gut instinct. But and also because I hate Shaka Smart because he ruined my bracket like two, a year ago. But or two years ago. But the thing is, they're playing it at MSG, and that's oh, gosh. that's Marquette's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So that's basically home game there. Yeah, Marquette it is. So Marquette versus Duke for the final four in what the garden. 
Oh boy. <laughs> I'll just come out and say it. I've got Duke. I like Duke. The only thing that scares me is all this attention they're getting, and they're going to just get more and more of it as they continue to win games and progress in the tournament. But that being said, just because Coach K is gone doesn't mean the whole organization flipped in their composure. Yes, their best player is a freshman in Kyle Flapowski, but this that, that's nothing that's unheard of for Duke. That's nothing new to them. They've won many national championships with starting lineups of underclassmen. This is a team built for this kind of run. They have experience. They were in the final four last year. They have sure a lot of guys gone and a couple, actually a couple more than usual returning players, especially an important one like Jeremy Roach. I don't know as much about Marquette, and that's probably why I leaned Duke in this matchup, but there's always always one team you got to look out for that's not a one or two seed to get to the final four, and I think Duke is as safe a bet as any to be that team. Let's roll with it. We're either going to look like geniuses after Wednesday's game Friday. This one's a Thursday game. But we're either going to have a rough day Thursday or we're going to look like geniuses. And I'm hoping we look like geniuses. It, it's one of the later games, too. So we're going to have to really stew in it. Uh, all right. You know what? So we got Duke coming out of our East region. Uh, we'll go back to the Final Four in a sec. But just want to scroll up to the Midwest. Yes. Okay. Second round matchup, Houston and Auburn or Iowa, depending how you picked. We picked Auburn. We're going to go with Houston as well. Pretty easy there. Don't need to talk about that too much. Houston fan favorite right now. I was on their train first, and that was two years ago. So You've been on Houston for a while. I I appreciated that. Drake versus Kent State. I... I yeah, I got, I got Drake. I'm solid on Drake. I have them beating Indiana in this matchup, actually. Again, I think one of Drake or Charleston is going to the Sweet 16. I have them both picked almost out of safety, but Drake's the one I'm actually more confident on, especially coming out and winning their conference tournament over the team that should have done it. They're a hot team coming in. They don't have the toughest matchups. They can shoot the ball. I like Drake. All right. We have Pitt, but Pitt versus Xavier. That's it for the play-in team for those first four teams. I think Xavier is too too consistent, too solid of a unit for any of the three potential teams they would face in this matchup. I think irregardless of their opponent, Xavier moves on. Penn State versus Texas. Go home. I hate you, but Texas Longhorns, they're going to they're gonna do it. This is slowly becoming, however, the team I'm most scared of, and I think it's of losing early and i think it's actually because i have them going so far in my tournament i think that's what it really is creeping up i gotta stay consistent i, I can't falter and change my answer now i'm going with the longhorns to everyone listening though watch out for penn state but i i will pick texas i'm just i'll tell you what if penn if you pick penn state and they get to the sweet 16 i'll be a genius but yep. i i think Despite all the stuff that's happened with Texas this past year with their coach, I do think the ship is steady now. And yeah. I think they're a little bit more locked in for it. So I, I agree with Texas. Um, does Drake beat Houston? 
No, they might make it a more exciting game than people want to give it credit for, but Houston is, I mean, they're rated the best team in this tournament for a reason. They're super duper consistent, only three losses on the year as per usual. It's tough because, again, they don't play as many top-tier opponents as you would like out of a top a top competitor in March, but we know what they're about. We know the consistency and the model of it in Houston. They're going to be fine against Drake. They're going to move on to the Elite Eight. Texas Xavier. This is where my lack of knowledge on Xavier really comes into play. This could very well be a game where they can win. However, I know a lot about Texas this year. I know a lot about Marcus Carr because he's a player I followed almost his entire career, at least since he got to college. He is, he's got the clutch factor. He reminds me a lot of Jamal Murray. He can just hit shots. He's not necessarily the most consistent or a superstar player, but he, he lives for the big moment. That is what March is all about. I love the style of play this Texas team has. And they they are red hot winning their tournament. Big 12. I like them. Go with Texas. I despite well, your best. Listen, as much as I bring up old history, you know. Shaka Smart's not there. He can't hurt Texas. Nope. Texas can only hurt Texas. Can't hurt me anymore. Um, We got our. All Texas matchup, Houston versus Texas, though. Who makes it to the Final Four? Well, this is where I won't push too hard. I personally have Texas here. This is my separate myself from everybody else. I am very aware that a lot of people have Houston not only winning this game, but winning their whole damn bracket. Right. So I personally have gone with Texas out of the boldness of if they do, in fact, win that game, I'm sitting pretty. I think they have a very good shot to do it. But that being said, if there's one player in this tournament that's better at doing what Marcus Carr does than Marcus Carr, it's Marcus Sasser, the point guard for Houston. It's very hard to pick against Houston, and I do it every year, and it always hurts me. I won't push too hard on the Longhorns here. If you've got Houston, let's ride with Houston. But Texas Texas is the team that I've gone with. I do believe they have the ability to, to take them down. I'll tell you what, the, that groin injury is what's bothering me. I don't know how good the groin is, but ugh. I hate this because I would pick Houston off pure gut and, like, emotional standpoint. But ugh, two one seeds in the Final Four? I know it's tough. Tough. That, that's what I came Texas. to do once I'll get her again. Ooh, all right. I'll eat it. I'll eat it if they drop it to Colgate. I really will. <laughs> that you will. If they lose past that, you know, fine. But they better not lose to Colgate. No, I'm more I'm more concerned about Texas A&M for them than I am for, for Xavier. Kansas versus Arkansas. <laughs> I hate you so much. America, uh, explain. So here, here's what I, I have. I got Kansas winning. I don't think the national champion loses that early. I don't think they're the first one seat out. But I did I do say this. The winner of that Arkansas-Illinois team game is the wild card of this portion of the bracket. They are the team that could blow the whole damn thing up and even maybe come out of it or at least go to the Elite Eight. I don't know if it's going to be Arkansas. I actually think Illinois has the better chance of doing that. 
But overall, Kansas has not taken a huge step back from last year. And I think people are, are a little are sleeping on Kansas a little bit. And they're a very, very good team. Bill Self knows what he's doing with these guys. And like I said, Jalen Wilson, all first team. You still got McCullers. You still have some of the other great players that you had on last year's team. I'm picking Kansas, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. I would agree with that, too. I We talked a lot about Arkansas and, you know, how they've had prior success the past few years. And that makes me feel like this is a trap game, but Kansas is the current national champion, and I think they'll advance to another round. I agree, and I think they're going to face the Huskies. I think it's UConn. Like I said, they're here. They're here to play. St. Mary is a team that if they're not playing at their own pace, they're not going to win the game. And I think UConn is a team that excels at pushing the pace of basketball games. All right. Then Arizona State versus good old Zaga. You can't you can't bet against the Bulldogs here. They're too good, too consistent in March. Not their best season, but you still got Drew Timmy. The mustache lives. Got to roll with them. I like UCLA in this one, too. I do, too. I hate that it's going to be that rematch of that matchup they want so badly, but they, they teed it up so well. Yeah, they're also playing in Sacramento. Like, UCLA's got to go a few hours. Northwestern's got to go across the country. I don't know. Yeah. So, 1-4 right. versus 2-3. Okay, so this is the one caveat I have about this. On paper, the West looks like the most straightforward of all of them. So be weary when it's like an eight, a twelve, a seven, and a three seed in the in the Sweet Sixteen out of here. Just be aware of that. We didn't pick it, but Kansas UConn. I'm go, go ahead. What do you have? I'm telling you, these stats are pointing all towards UConn, but I know they had a f- bit of a drop off toward the later half of the season. I, just 78 points per game. You know, defensively. Kansas is giving up more points. I I just feel like it's sided toward UConn, you know, top 25, you know, the three and five, they're seven, seven, better BPI ranking. All signs point to UConn. Let, let's go with UConn. We already got two one seeds in our final four. We don't need to have two. We don't need to have all four in our elite eight or three out of four in the elite eight. I think that's okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to with some confidence say that Gonzaga is going to, going to hold out against UCLA couple injuries to UCLA putting a little too much pressure on Hawkins and Campbell we know what happens when that happens and I don't think it tends to go the Bruins way I agree yeah if a fully healthy Bruins squad would make this really interesting but Gonzaga has that pedigree they've been there before they've played well the past few seasons in the tournament minus last year I guess but I think Zaga goes back to the Elite Eight. Yeah. I, I agree, and I think they're going to the Final Four as well. I, I agree. I would be very, like, the idea of picking UConn to go to the Final Four, it may be correct. It's just a little scary in the sense that, you know, they have some tough matchups along the way, and, you know, it, they'll be tough. Gonzaga, for the most part, Minus UCLA in this case, there's a straightforward path for them. Mm-hmm. 
I, I agree. I think this is almost Gonzaga's region to lose. All right, so there you have it. We are down to our final four. We've got Alabama out of the South, Duke out of the East, Texas out of the Midwest, and Gonzaga out of the West. This is is what it's all about. If we get two or three out of these teams, we probably feel pretty good about ourselves. We get all four, we're sitting pretty and winning some money wherever we submit this. Let's start on the left side, the Roll Tide and the Blue Devils. What are your thoughts? Oof. In this case, I would pick Bama. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got that, too. I think this is where I don't think you win a national championship for a first year without Coach K. I think you get right where you left off with him. I like Bama. They, like I said, they've kind of been the team I've had my eye on all year. I don't, I don't see any reason to question that here. Texas versus Zaga. It is so hard to pick against Gonzaga in March. It is so damn hard. I have Texas in this game. I, I really do. I believe in Marcus Carr and in, in the whole team, not just Carr. I know I've mentioned him a few times by name, but this is a great killer Texas squad. But that being said, Gonzaga is no easy matchup. Gonzaga will make this hard. Gonzaga will make this physical, but if I'm here out here giving you guys my honest-to-God opinion, I don't think they can keep up with the scoring pace of Texas. I think the Longhorns are going to the national championship. And now I really hate this because my gut is telling me to pick Texas, and we know what happens when I pick Texas. I, I know I do. So here's the deal. I picked Bama. I have my personal bracket. I had Bama winning the whole thing. And I've been thinking long and hard about if I want to have Texas winning the whole thing. Because if we pick Texas, we're going to be the only motherfuckers picking Texas. And that's great if they win. It's awful if they drop a game to Colgate or Texas A&M or Penn State, whoever you have. But I would feel confident in Texas here. I think they're the team because, again, you're talking about – if you're talking about the leaders of this team, you're talking about Brandon Miller for Alabama, who's a freshman who has not been anywhere near this before. And you have Marcus Carr who's a senior, if I'm not mistaken, a fifth-year senior, who has been to multiple tournaments before. He's made runs in a couple tournaments before. He's given teams hell in tournaments before. I think I think it, it's a little gutsy, and it does go against a lot that we say on this podcast, which is why I had to have Baylor lose it early. But I think they can do it. I'm a little scared to do it myself, but I think the Longhorns might have it. This is... Everything our podcast stands for at stake here. Everything. If, if we're right, then we're, we, we've somehow threaded the needle on where Texas lies on the good-bad scale. And if we're wrong, we're right back to square one. And Texas becomes the ultimate, we have no idea what to do with them team. I'm feeling a final score of 78-72 in this game. 78-72. Okay, I've been favoring slightly lower scores in the 60s, the but coward. in this particular game, I, I, I uh, yeah, let's go with it. So I, I like it. Not me bowing you into a tiebreaker. That won't matter. <laughs> but there, there you have it, folks. That is our bracket breakdown, bracketology, if you would, for the 2023 March Men's March Madness tournament 
Our final four to recap, Alabama, Duke, Texas, and Gonzaga with the Texas Longhorns defeating the Alabama Crimson Tide in the national championship. Final thoughts, any 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 matchups that really hurt you? Any any general advice you want to give to our listeners before they finalize and submit their brackets and their pools? The following matchups hurt me. Texas versus Colgate, <laughs> Texas versus Penn State, Texas versus Xavier, Texas beating Houston, Texas beating Gonzaga, and then finally Texas beating Alabama. I would like to say that sometimes you just need to go back, put aside past differences, and believe. No horns down, only horns up. I think, you know, in our best years, we've gotten like two of the final four teams. I don't think I've ever gotten three, quite frankly. But I have once. Freshman once. year of high school, I got I got three once. The one I didn't get was Wichita State, of course, but I got That's right, Louisville, Michigan. Michigan, and Syracuse. I got them all right. I had the correct national championship, but I had Michigan beating Louisville. And that national championship now technically never happened. So allegedly. But allegedly. Yeah, I think I've gotten two before. Um, you know, in years prior, probably the only one where a lot of people got all four was the year when there were all four one seeds in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe last year, too, with all Blue Bloods, if you didn't know anything. But it's tough. It ain't easy. But It is difficult. I have a, uh, I have a proposition for you. All right. So, so I know we're going to bet our, between, you know, who we think did a little bit better our, ourselves. But... um. So, so we didn't gain too much attention in our attempts to make a March Madness pool last year for the podcast. So I have a new suggestion. Okay. I, I am in a pool with you – know, it, it's run by a, a kid I met in college and lived with in college. There's a million people in this group. $10 a bracket. I, I wager we split the fee, submit our bracket in, and if we win, we somehow put the money back into it. We split it, obviously, and somehow put the money back into the show in some way. Or we Done. just have some spending money to take our lovely ladies out. Done deal. Love it. All right. We'll work out the logistics of that off screen. But that sounds wonderful. We will be representing the gym class all-stars in, in an attempt to win some money here. So if you haven't, if you haven't, uh, <laughs> if, if you want to give us money otherwise, download Viget. Use the all-stars promo code. Missed that in the beginning of the show. Got to give out the love. Um Fake coins, real prizes, bet on some of the March Madness games as well. You know, you're not betting any real money. Um, or in our case, we will be too. But So we'll we'll get that going. We'll keep you guys updated on how our bracket does within that pool in general. We'll obviously update you on the rounds. We'll have some to talk about. We probably won't talk entirely about college basketball in our weekend episode because we'll have some other sports to get to, namely professional basketball in the NFL offseason. However... It's an exciting time. Sports really kicking in the gear. And of course, to me, at least, this is the most exciting postseason any any sport collegiate or professional has to offer. And I'm off this week, man. So I really just cannot wait till Thursday. It's an exciting time. And to anyone here listening who knows nothing about college basketball, like more in my camp, Nolly Robbie's the residential college basketball expert. Look, you have as high of a chance as winning money in your pool, getting a perfect bracket as any of us do. 
Don't worry if you get some predictions wrong. I have had my brackets slaughtered in the first few hours. Shout out Baylor and shout out <laughs> Texas. But hopefully not this year. But good luck. I hope this helps. You know, whatever weird factoid I gave you, whatever useful information Robbie gave you, hopefully helped a little bit. And, you know, best of luck. It's a great time of the year. It's a great time to watch some basketball. And quite frankly, after this weekend, you probably won't care about it as much because usually <laughs> by the Sweet 16, it <laughs> drops off a little bit. It does, does. It'll be a good we time. Get, we get a few beautiful days of basketball all day long, multiple games on at a time. You got every monitor you have, every screen in your house on a game, different game. It's a beautiful time. Enjoy it. Relax. Have a great time for anyone else who gets to enjoy the, the spring break. You know, just relax and watch some basketball all day. It's a beautiful time. Remember to you know get up and, and walk around, see the world a little bit, but get back to the couch for the good games. But, yeah, we hope this helped. We hope you guys do well. And if you're somehow in our pool, we hope you don't do too well. But well enough. Enjoy March Madness. And good luck with your brackets. We will be back sometime this weekend for a full episode not completely focused on bracketology uh but back to our normal normal run-of-the-mill things with obviously our regular flair and excitement as well so again enjoy the week of basketball enjoy the, the start of the nfl offseason we'll be back and like we keep saying hopefully hopefully we helped more than we heard take care everyone